Hello, my friends. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. I am, first of all, going to thank you right off the bat for choosing this podcast today, choosing to listen to this episode. Um, I am so grateful for you guys. Um, I'm coming up on the two-year anniversary of the podcast uh, at the end of January, and my goal was I was going to try for 100,000 downloads by the end of the month, and, you know, I didn't think we were going to make it, but we, we just might. I don't know. I think I'm at 87,000 right now. And so, all right, we can do this. I'm going to push full steam ahead to get this podcast into as many mom's ears as possible. And it's because of your stories. It's because of your experiences. I have my own. Yes, of course. But it's the way that you guys show up, whether you reach out to me on Instagram and in the DMs, um, or if you're in Mothers Together and I talk to you there, or you've been on the podcast and I talk to you here, you all have stories too. And it turns out that other moms really want to hear them, right? And if you've clicked on this episode and you're listening to this right now, it means you want to hear another mom's story too. It's this community sense that changes everything. And, and I've been saying that from the beginning. And the podcast is one piece of that community puzzle. Um, and so I'm, I'm so glad that you're, you're listening, but I also want to invite you to do something that I've never asked for before. And that is to share a story for a mini episode of the podcast. So let me explain every Monday, as you guys know, I bring on a mom, we have a back and forth conversation, uh, you know, a really nice chat. And we talk all about what it's like to raise neurodivergent kids in general. You know, we talk about their lives. I've also started bringing some dads on on Fridays. And by the way, I, I, I only had a few dads volunteer, but if I have more dads, I am so happy to keep that series going because it did really well and was really popular. Um, and then those in between Monday and Friday episodes, I really was thinking that I would be able to basically get on this microphone every day and, and talk about whatever's on my mind. And as much as I would love to do that, there are literally not enough hours in the day. And I can't, at least not yet, not not in this current season of business and life. But at the same time, I feel like a once a week episode with a mom isn't enough because I think it would be really helpful if you got to hear on a regular basis an anecdote from another mom raising a neurodivergent kid. And so I'm inviting all of you, every single one of you listening right now, if you are interested to submit to me an anonymous anecdote about a moment in your life raising a neurodivergent kid. And and my parameters here are pretty, pretty loose. Um, I'm only looking for it to be related to raising a neurodivergent kid, but that's pretty much it. Um, you know, it can be a positive story. It can be a struggle. It can be both. Um, the idea is that the listeners, you guys go, oh my gosh, I, I have had that same experience before. Oh, we went through the same thing. Wow. It's good to know that I'm not the only one who had a child react that way in that situation, right? It's all about validation, validation, validation. And this would be different from the Monday episodes. So this would be short. I'm talking 10-ish minutes, give or take, you know, five, three to five minutes in either direction. But it would be a short episode, a quick bite. 
and it would be a specific story that you're telling. So when I say the word story, I really mean moment in time, anecdote. For example, my very first episode of this podcast, which many of you have heard, is called my rock bottom parenting moment. And I'm talking about the waffle story with Mr. Nine, who was three at the time. But I've also told the story uh, with the egg pan. And a lot of you listened to that one. I I don't, I want to say that was like episode four or five, maybe. That was a specific moment in time about this egg pan. That's what I'm looking for here, where you are telling the story, just like if you had a friend that you were picking up the phone or FaceTiming or texting or whatever, and you were like, I have to tell you what happened to us today. That's the story I want to hear. So again, it's going to be kept short, 10 minutes-ish, certainly no more than 20, but really aim for closer to 10. It's completely anonymous. I'm not going to put your name in the title of these episodes. I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to say your name or your kids' names or anything like that. Although if you don't care, that's totally fine too. And you would just record yourself. I'm not even going to be in this conversation um, the best way to go about this would just to be a using a voice recording app on your phone. Um, there are plenty to choose from. Um, and once you record yourself, you can it, it will allow you to share that file. And you're going to share it right to my email. My email is ontheharddays at gmail.com. I'll put it in the, the show notes of this episode as well. Um, you're just going to email me the file directly. And I'm going to take that file... And obviously I'll give it a quick listen just to see, you know, if, um, if you need to take a second to, um, comfort a a screaming child, not to worry, I will edit that part out. You know, I'll do some basic editing, but then I'm just going to upload it. And I would love to do this on a daily basis. Now it all depends on how many, um, you know, how many people do it. But the fact of the matter is, is we all have stories and actually reminds me of teaching. It reminds me, you know, when I'm teaching fifth graders writing and this is part of our fifth grade curriculum with writing is to talk about like a moment in time. And so many kids struggle with this and I hand them that paper. And of course, it's like, I don't know what to write about. I don't have any stories. And, And I say on the flip side, all you have are stories. Every single moment in your life is a story. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing right this very second is technically actually a story. If you're driving to work and you're in a rush, that's a story. If you are walking your dog right now um, with a poop bag in one hand and a coffee in the other and a leash around your wrist, that's a story, right? We all have a million stories. The question is, what stories do you have that you think other moms of neurodivergent kids would find comfort in in hearing. So if you want to submit more than one story, by all means, I would just do them as separate files. That's all. I would just request that um, because they will be different podcast episodes. And because it's anonymous, unlike the Monday episodes where I'm saying the mom's name, these are anonymous. I'm just going to upload it you know, on Tuesday, we're going to have this episode talking about this trip to the library. And on, on Thursday, I'm uploading uh, an episode where someone's telling a, a story about uh, parent-teacher conferences, whatever it is. Or um, this morning, trying to get ready for school. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. But when you tell a story, 
just as I tell my fifth graders when you're writing. When you're telling a story, it needs to have something that will appeal to the reader or the listener. You know, what's the message of this story? What are you trying to convey? That this is hard, this journey we're on? Yeah. So feel free to convey that. This is hard. Or we can triumph. Small wins are big wins. Absolutely. Whatever. But you're telling a specific story about a moment in time when something happened with your neurodivergent kid. Um, and, and that's what I'm hoping to get out of this. Because I think it would be nice, especially if they're only 10 minutes long, for moms to just grab these little quick stories and, and listen to them um, on a daily basis. And it's like, okay, all right, this mom's been through that moment too. I can do this. I can put one foot in front of the other. I can do this. So that's the goal. So I'm inviting you always, I'm going to put this out and, you know, it'll be uh, an intro into my podcast for, for a little while. Um, but the offer will always stand. Record yourself uh, on a voice recording app, take the file and send it to me via email at ontheharddays at gmail.com. And I will do a quick edit if need be and then upload it. Don't worry about mistakes. This is not, uh, no perfectionism here. Um, There are no such thing as mistakes. Like if you were talking to a friend, you wouldn't be like, you know what, let me tell the whole story all over again because I said um too many times. No, you're good. Just tell the story. What's on your heart about a specific moment in time? Any questions, you know how to reach me, um, DM me on Instagram at on the hard days with dots in between each word, um, or email me. Um, but I am ready for these submissions. So you don't even need to check in with me unless you want to. You can go ahead today, today, right now. If you have 10 minutes, find a voice recording app. Uh, iPhones just have one built in if you swipe down from the top right corner. Um, but you can also download an app and just, just tell a story. It can be from when your kid was two or five or 10 or 15 or whatever. doesn't matter. Tell the story. Keep it anonymous. Send it my way. I'm going to be putting out these episode shorts as soon as the entries come in. As always, my friends, thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful for you. And now on to the episode. My name is Bridget Fulkerson, and I live in a small town in Kentucky. I'm married, and I have three kids. My oldest is about to turn 12, and his name is Jack. He's autistic and has major depressive disorder, along with several other diagnoses. Um, My middle child, her name is Maddie. She is seven. And then my youngest, he is Vinny, and he is four. Uh, We suspect he has autism, but he also has uh, ADHD with impulsivity. 2000. 21 was a really, really, really hard year for my family. I can't define it as one day. There were a lot of days. And when you're a parent to a neurodivergent child, the days are hard and they're long and they blend together. And sometimes I don't know from hour to hour what the hell just happened. In all honesty, um, something could happen to cause my son to have a total meltdown. And I might, I don't know, two or three hours later, call my mom to talk to my mom. And, you know, I'm telling her about the meltdown. And she'll say, well, you know what happened? And I'm just like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. 
Um, but 2021, it felt like the entire year was like that. Um, it started off like any other normal year. As the year went on, things with school, you know, school's always a struggle. It got worse and worse and worse. Um, and then it got to the point where my son started to become suicidal. Um and would start harming himself and not harming himself in a way that was actually going to kill him. I mean, like he started choking himself, you know, obviously if you choke yourself to the point where you pass out, you're going to pass out. Um, and professionals will tell you that, you know, when you go see them, but it's the fact that your son is physically harming himself to that point. That is scary. And it's almost like, you know, oh, well, okay, your son was choking himself. Well, he's not going to harm himself. Well, yeah, I know that he can't kill himself by choking himself with his own hands. But at the same time, it's the fact that that behavior is there. He's 10. At that point in his life, he was 10. He was 10 years old. Looking back on my life, I never once thought at the age of 10 years old about killing myself or physically harming myself because I was in that much distress. So I didn't understand. Um, so we, upon the advice of his therapist, we took him to the, the hospital. We had an evaluation done. They admitted him for inpatient treatment. He was only there about three or four days. Um, and then he came home. He was home for a couple of months we went through the summer he started with the new therapist in the summer they finally got him occupational therapy they referred us for an autism evaluation at that point in his life i we had the wrong diagnosis the diagnosis we had at that point in his life was ADHD, anxiety, nonverbal learning disability, and disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. So we were on the track for an autism evaluation after that. And of course, after COVID, it made everything worse. So there was two-year waits. Um, so I called the person who did his original neuropsych evaluation two years before that and told them what all was going on and how things had changed. And they made me an appointment for um, September for another evaluation. So September comes, we take him for the evaluation. About that time, again, school had started. So the summer went okay. There were some things that happened in the summer, like he started holding people underwater in the swimming pool, um, he started physically punching people when he got upset. My daughter got a lot of it. She took a lot of his meltdowns and his anger and his... She got a lot of it. And you know, that was scary. Um, and traumatic, especially for her. And then towards September, after school started things... They started escalating. They continued to get worse and worse and worse. Week by week, they got worse and worse and worse. Um, and then again, we got to the point where he was starting to 
hurt himself again. He was starting to choke himself. Um, and then when he realized that, you know, that wasn't going to hurt himself, then he, he physically started cutting himself with a knife and tried to lie to me about it. Um, so yeah, we took him back to the hospital and in the hospital that time they admitted him and two days later called me and said, okay, we're going to send him home. No medication adjustment, nothing. Um, we think he's fine. He's just lying to you. I was pissed. I was beyond pissed. I was infuriated. Um, there's just so many things that are wrong with that situation. You know, the first time was one thing, but the second time when my son is actually taking scissors and physically cutting himself, well, you know, I kind of have a problem with that. So I refused to pick him up. Well, little did I know that when I refused to pick him up, the hospital decided to call CPS on me for negligence. Um, and they ended up keeping him for a couple more days and making a medication adjustment like we asked for to stabilize him. And they sent him home. And I kid you not, two days later, we were right back where we were. So we took him to a different hospital. Um, they admitted him and he was in there this time for about 11 days, I think before they finally released him, but it was in those 11 days that he had the follow-up appointment for the autism, the neuropsych evaluation. Um, and that is when we found out that our son was misdiagnosed two years before, and he was autistic the entire time. Which led to worse things because we didn't have the resources and the support that he needed to begin with. I mean, ten and a half years before he finally gets an autism diagnosis. So he got out of the hospital and he came home. Um, and at about that time, it was getting close to the end of the year, but... It's a reoccurring trend. When school starts, it gets worse. The hospital has called CPS on me at this point after he comes home from the third hospital. Visit the second hospital, different facility. Um, so we let CPS come in. And, you know, they see for themselves the things that we're dealing with. He was exploding and breaking things and throwing things we were there. Um, it got so bad at one point that they're the, I can't say therapist, the CPS caseworker threatened to leave because she didn't feel safe, which again was infuriating, but understandable at the same time too. You know, I get where she's coming from, but at the same time, I'm living it every day and I'm living it with two other kids and you're going to walk out because you don't feel safe. And you're there. Why are you there? What's the point? So she was able to get him to calm down. And go on with the session. And after that they referred us for the SAFI program. Who came in and did therapy with us as a family. 
And things got better over the summer of 2022. By this point, it was over the summer of 2022. They got better. They got so much better, in fact, that his regular therapist and his occupational therapist were looking at discontinuing his services because he was actually using his coping skills and doing that much better. And then school started. (laughs) Again. School started. And within a week, you could see the difference. Within a day, you could see the difference. It just, every day got worse. Every week got worse. And week by week by week. Until eventually, we ended up in the hospital again. And at one point, do you get tired of going to the hospital? At what point do you find the help that your child needs? This past hospital visit, literally a week ago, they didn't even send him, they had nowhere to send him inpatient, so they ended up sending him home because he's now not suicidal anymore. Um, but he threw a rock and broke a window in our house after a meltdown, or during a meltdown. And they didn't keep him this time. They sent him home. And they sent us home with a referral list for 18, 18 different outpatient facilities. Out of those 18, there were three that accepted him. Three. (laughs) 18 facilities and three accepted him. One of them is in Owensboro, two hours away from me. There's no way I can do that. The other one is in Lexington. And the other one is in Louisville. There was a fourth one in Indiana, in Floyd's Knob, Indiana. But they don't take our insurance, so it would be completely out of pocket. So that's not an option. So today, I'm struggling finding the resources that my son needs to help him. And you come home, and you stay up late. And you research and you try to find whatever it is you can. You call an ungodly amount of people. And sometimes you feel like you get nowhere. And then sometimes you find that one place that's going to work. And it sets you back up on a high for maybe a couple of hours. Maybe a couple of days. But you constantly think to yourself, is there ever going to be a day where I don't have to fight? Thanks for listening today. 
If you would like to talk with me personally, where we can chat and just get to know each other like old friends, I would love to do a discovery call with you. Go to my website, ontheharddays.com, and click on Schedule a Call. And if you're not already subscribed to this podcast, please do so so that you get the latest when they roll out. Not to mention, please leave a review if you feel like this episode spoke to you. That way, the podcast will be shown to more mothers. And finally, you can find me on Instagram at on the hard days with dots in between each word or in my free Facebook community, On the Hard Days Podcast and Community. If you are feeling isolated in your parenting journey, I encourage you to reach out through any of these means so that I can connect you with your people and support you in whatever way you need.